the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I talk about getting you to retirement. That's the goal of this show. I think it's a noble goal. Realistically, there's some things that you have to learn and do along the way. There's multiple ways of accumulating wealth. CFP Chad Burton talks about preserving wealth until you die so that you can live off your wealth. This isn't a show about Lamborghinis. This is a show about paying your mortgage, paying your rent, paying for your own coffin the day you die kind of thing. I don't have any gimmicky um, tricks like cut a cup of coffee out at Starbucks every day and make it at home. Do I know that's expensive? Yeah. But I try not to go into like the silly. You can make money and wealth in investing, in retirement issues and planning. You need to know about taxes, personal finance, wealth creation, businesses, stocks, insurance, and much, much more. So let's talk about real estate, because I think that's one that a lot of people can relate to. And we're in an environment where home prices are falling pretty quickly. Maybe they're adjusting. Maybe they're readjusting. Maybe they're normalizing. I don't know. What do you want to say? Should I wait for real estate prices to plummet before buying a house? I'm going to talk about that right here, right now. I myself wish I can go back in time and buy more, 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 more of everything that I know that did well. Over two years in, this decade has already brought a global pandemic, record-setting inflation, rising interest rates in a country more divided than ever before. And yet, I'm still talking about how to get everyone to retirement, right? Why not have a housing crash involved as well? If you lived through 2008, All you got was a t-shirt at the end of it that said, I just went through two and a half years of a down housing market. All I got was a stupid t-shirt. What was you bought? The last time I bought, no, no, that's not true. I bought in 2008, 2007. With the idea of finally prices have stopped running up. Maybe they'll pause, but they actually went down considerably. If you can look at the tax records on your home, go back in time and take a look at what your home did in 2007, 2008. Americans lived through 2008, maybe watching the red hot market and going, I wonder if we're going to get bottoms 40% lower than the tops before they reaccelerate to a new hot top. Experts say there are good reasons to believe that a 
Um, housing market will be a shakeout, but it will not be a return to 2008. I will be honest with you. Last year, I sold a home in a frothy real estate market, and I bought a home in a frothy real estate market. I bought a home with a down payment from a stock that I had big gains in, in a frothy 70 new highs in 2021 in the stock market. So when I'm telling you this, pay attention. Lenders have stopped being lax. So the housing market today is not the housing market of 2008. A huge contributor to the housing crisis in 2008 was dicey lending practices within the financial industry. Years of deregulation made it easier and more profitable to hand out risky loans. There was something called the Dodd-Frank Act, which was signed into law in 2010 and aimed to prevent that by increasing oversight in the industry and start questioning credit scores, start questioning credit applications. Median credit score of newly originated mortgages was 773 in the second quarter of the year, according to the Federal Reserve. 65% of new borrowers had credit scores of over 760. Credit scores will tell you how shaky the loan is or isn't, or how shaky the client is who's taking out the money. We are in a very different world of mortgage lending practices. Homeowners are doing fine as of now. We don't have a recession that looks imminent. In 2022, in the fourth quarter, when we were talking about what happened in the third quarter, big banks basically across the board said consumers are okay. We're not seeing higher delinquency rates at our credit cards. We're not seeing higher delinquency rates in our mortgages we've done. And we're seeing savings in their savings account higher than 2019. So homeowners are doing fine. The credit score is higher today than it was back in 2008, considerably. The Dodd-Frank Act was put in place to stop aggressive lending to people with low credit scores. There's plenty of supply of homes. It's not as simple as supply and demand, but it it almost always is. When you look at real estate, in 2008, there was a tremendous oversupply because of foreclosures. On TV, the commercials that ran on my station, Cron, there was a lot of advertisements for lawyers saying, um, don't pay your, you didn't, haven't paid your mortgage in three months. Call me. I'll stop your home from going into foreclosure for $4,000. I'll write a letter to the bank and tell them, no, they cannot foreclose on your property. So when you see that people are losing their homes, people are not losing their homes right now. There's no panic. Now, interest rates are way higher today than they were in 2008. So that's a new kind of wrinkle in the formula, mortgage rates and how interest rates play together. But as of now, the quiet quitting economy hasn't had ripple effects into the ability to pay mortgages. 
Right now, there's huge demand and there's a shortage of supply. There are no foreclosures. They're not adding to the market. They're not forcing people to take whatever offer they can get to get out of the mortgage. The Federal Reserve's efforts to dampen demand by raising interest rates is starting to work. So home prices are coming down. In the next year, I plan to have some money on the sides and potentially buy in a market that I feel comfortable with. I tend to go after markets that have a college close by, a hospital close by. Um, if you can get just outside the Apple campus where how many people work there, let's just make up a number and say 100,000. There's going to be demand to live close to campus. Same thing with colleges, with professors. Same thing with hospitals, with doctors. People don't want to drive 45 minutes. They don't want to get on the freeway. They want to backdoor in. It's like a retirement community, which is interesting because maybe that's what I'll buy. Like I said, I plan to buy some real estate in the next year, probably 10 months, 11 months, 12 months from now. One minute. I will continue to contribute to my 401k. I will continue to contribute to saving and investing for retirement, but I do plan to pull the trigger and I'm looking for something in a relatively short time frame. And I'm not worried because my time frame in the long term will be 20, 30 years. So if I go for a retirement home, maybe it'll be in San Diego on the beach and maybe I'll turn it into a rental for the next 10 years until I retire. Um, that's not a bad idea. I can look for a college town for maybe my kids will need a place to live shortly after college and have a starter home. I can look for a outright investment in a hot community. You get the idea. So I don't think the housing is going to be as bad as 2008. But I do think we're in a downward trend, and I want to try to catch a bottom or close to a bottom. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So yesterday, I got to work on a content calendar for what I'm going to be putting on the show. Essentially, going to be doing an event every two months, it looks like. I'm going to be getting access to some pretty powerful webinars put on by people inside the company that I work with on things like women in investing, taxes in retirement, income in retirement. So there's going to be a mixture of webinars that I'm insisting that they make available to the public and not just the clients. And they're, they're, they're buying what I'm asking for. <laughs> they're, they're putting up. I'm like, thank you. That went well. So big things coming in 2023. Stay tuned. Um, let's talk about 2022 though, because I'm getting ahead of myself. I think just a skosh topsy turvy action on wall street skittishness, um, because the treasury, the 10 year treasury sits at 4.18%. The market's telling us it's having a major problem getting going. I've had a 25 year career in media where I'm telling you on a regular basis, I like bonds when the interest rates are at 4%. I used to say 4% 25 years ago. Then I lowered the number to 3.5% because they kept going lower, 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 lower to zero. 
Now we've got interest rates back up 25 basis points, 75 basis points, 25 basis points, 75 basis points, just a bit here, bit there, bit there, big chunk there, big chunk, big chunk. Now we've got it to the point where you have $100,000 in the bank. They'll pay you $4,000 a year in income, interest income. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, Now, is that going to be enough? No. But it's an option where you you don't have to go, okay, I don't have to wait 10 years because like, let's take a look at a company like Tesla. Tesla's a, uh, they don't pay a dividend. They will eventually pay a dividend. You're an owner of the company, but they're 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 using their cash to invest in the future of the company, not to give back to shareholders. Whereas Apple gives back to shareholders just about one percent. It's tiny, but a hundred thousand dollars of Apple shares gets you thousand dollars. Now, hundred thousand dollars in cash in a bank can get you four thousand dollars. Money in Tesla gets you nothing until you sell. Those are three very different types of assets, right? An income-producing one, a cash, which is safe, and a growth stock. Right now, the only stocks I will not even consider are hyper-growth stocks that are earning money. Elon Musk said a shortage of carriers, trains, and boats affected Tesla's ability to deliver vehicles. Um, so that's risky. At this point in time, but you're also seeing amazing growth. Tesla showed profit of 3.3 billion, more than double the 1.6 billion it made same time last year. So at some point in time, he's going to be able to say, I'm going to give a dividend. I think that's at least five years off, but I'm digressing. There was an interesting story out of Tesla yesterday that they're going to start charging airlines. to $25,000 per month on top of initial hardware fee of $150,000 so that they can start offering impressive speeds of 350 megabytes per second while flying. That'll have major growth. That will be a winner. They've already started equipping cruise lines with the service and trucks with the service. So getting more information out there. Um, he's got a similar service for RVs that are $135 a month for the ability to move one's terminal from place to place. Um, so I, I like what I'm seeing there. But back to the stock market. Back to the stock market we go. Very topsy-turvy. We're in earnings season. The 10-year treasury sits at 4.18%. That's a big move. I don't think stocks work in that environment until 2023. We need the Fed to say we're going to stop raising interest rates. We need the Fed to pivot for a recession of GDP going down, but the consumer's too strong for that right now in the US. We need a bank to go out of business. We need Liz Truss, the prime minister of Britain, to resign. Oh, that happened. That's actually a positive because it's showing you that the ideas of economists to fix things, we're, we're judging very, very quickly. And the Bank of England had to step in to help their currency. And that's not a good thing when you're artificially helping things stay afloat. So business trust resignation won't cure what ails the UK economy, but at least it might calm the financial markets for the time being, which is positive. Mistrust resignation, she lasted 45 days or so. 
Back to America, IBM Lamb Research, AT&T, American Airlines, Donaher, all reported mostly better than expected earnings. Tesla is indicated lower today. Um, they are lower today after third quarter estimates came up shy, but they talked about excellent demand for the fourth quarter. So I don't think a lot changed in that story. Tesla's having a tough year this year. Um, initial jobless claims for the week ending October 15th decreased by 12,000 to 214,000. Again, I'm telling you, the economy is too strong right now to stop the Fed. And that's a bit of a problem. Continuing jobless claims for the week ending October 8th increased by 21,000 to 1.38 million. Continuing jobless claims, you've probably heard me do this and I'm, I'm a little embarrassed that I'm predictable, but you've been out of work for a long time, months and months and months. If you have to go back and say, okay, I initially lost my job, but I still haven't found a job. They'll give you more more money in the United States. But in this case, it's actually less money, but they're just continuing it longer than they want it to. Now, the week that the jobless claims was reported October 8th just happens to be when we're talking about hurricanes. Um, so maybe people weren't going to the unemployment office in Florida. So maybe those numbers are skewed a little bit, but I don't see them as, as skewed too much. So the story of the day, rising treasury yields, keep pressure on stocks. Uh, if you told me at the beginning of the year that we we're going to go from 1.5% on the 10 year treasury to 4.1% or 4.2 and the year's not over, I would have said no way. Can't raise that fast. The Fed was telling us they weren't going to raise that fast. So Tesla is the story of the day today. Selling off after disappointing quarterly results. But generally pretty positive earnings season going so far. Next week, we're going to get big tech. Um, big tech is a favor favorite of retail investors, i.e. average people. Not institutions, not mutual funds, not hedge funds, not billionaires. A lot of people own shares of Apple and Microsoft and Google. Of those three companies right now, the one that I think is the most attractive, I'd buy a third of each. I know you're saying, really? Okay, I may exclude Apple for the short term because they do seem to be having problems with the iPhone 14. They're not having antenna problems. They're not having production problems. They're having demand problems. That it just wasn't that good of an upgrade unless you go with the pro model. And the pro model is pretty expensive. But the pro model is attractive of an, as an upgrade. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So I hate to turn this into the Elon Musk show. But I am kind of interested in some of the things that came out yesterday. Um, He talked about buying back shares with some of the cash that Tesla has. And I want to remind you, Tesla got into Bitcoin at the wrong time. Telling you, he's not made of perfection. Be careful. Yesterday, I was fascinated with some of the news releases coming out on Starlink, launching internet service for planes. Not cheap. $12,000, $25,000 per month on top of initial hardware fee of $150,000. So 
So yeah, we're going to get internet in the sky, but it's going to be pricey as consumers because the airlines are going to have to pay it back to Musk for the service, right? Will it make traveling nicer? Yeah. Um, but also I learned that he's got a similar service for RVs, $135 a month so that you can move your home and bring the internet with it. He started with Starlink Maritime, a service for yachts and cruise ships. Uh, Royal Caribbean in August tapped Starlink to add internet service to its fleet. Tesla itself, the car company, wasn't that interesting yesterday. They produced 365,000 vehicles. They were only able to deliver 343,000. So a quick little math there tells you about 22,000 are sitting at the factories waiting to be picked up by trains and trucks. Um, Elon Musk, just to show you how like obsessed I am with some of his quirkier things, he once started a candy company to try to like put it to Warren Buffett. He's distanced himself from Warren Buffett. He goes out of his way to say, I'm not going to be like Warren Buffett. He's overpaying for Twitter. He says, I'm overpaying for Twitter. He knows he's overpaying for Twitter, but he has a, a car company. He's now got Twitter. He's now got Starlink, SpaceX. There's some interesting components there. And you look at Warren Buffett and you're like Coca-Cola and C's candies and uh, razor blades and insurance companies and real estate buying companies. And he goes, ah, oh, no, 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 no. I, he's got a collection of companies. I don't want to be that. He says, I make stuff. But he once got mad at Warren Buffett because Warren Buffett kind of slided him. It, he's just not one to be slighted. The, the famous clash was over candy where Musk dismissed Buffett's idea of a competitive moats as lame in 2018. The Berkshire chief responded, Elon may turn things upside down in some areas. I don't think he wants to take us on in candy. So Elon Musk tweeted, I'm starting a candy company. It's going to be amazing. He tried. He failed. He didn't make good candy. He has a new scent out called Burnt Hair. <laughs> it's like the perfect gift for the holidays, right? What do you get someone who has everything? You get them something stupid they're going to throw in the trash at some point. A Tesla flamethrower. Um, a couple years later, the sequel to that is Burnt Hair Cologne. I don't get it. But it's interesting that he doesn't like Warren Buffett and he doesn't mind saying that out loud. Um, he doesn't really see Tesla or himself getting into a umbrella type company. But it's starting to look like he's running an, an umbrella-like company. He's got to jump to SpaceX. He has to go to Neuralink. He has to go to Twitter. Um, he has to go to Tesla, his boring company. But he goes, I'm not Warren Buffett. I'm not an investor. I'm not, I am an engineer and manufacturing person and a technologist. Doesn't want to be identified. He's like, I design and develop products. I'm not going to be a, uh, into portfolio investments. And he, he basically said, I'm not Warren Buffett's biggest fan, frankly. He sits there and reads all these annual reports, which are super boring, which I think is a great quote because they are super boring, but you don't have to take a shot at Warren Buffett. Like he's the world's grandfather. He's like awesome. There's not much to dislike about him. Just throwing that down there for you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. I'm not the biggest fan of Elon Musk because I think he's just sometimes too quirky. It's just a little bit too much quirkiness for me. 
it was a freewheeling call though. If you get a chance to listen to it, and I don't know if those things make it to YouTube. I would imagine an earnings call or two has made it onto YouTube, but I love listening to earnings calls. So yesterday I had a very, very busy day. Today the story is treasury yields. Um, this is a market that is dealing with the Federal Reserve who's raising interest rates at an aggressive level. And I'm not trying to be cute when I say the next 15 years looks way different than the last 15 years. And I don't have a crystal ball. And an act of terrorism could get the Federal Reserve cutting interest rates to zero again. Um, I kind of think that's when we started this craziness of basically getting mortgage money down to two and a half percent. Now to get a mortgage, you're looking at seven and a quarter percent. That's a 20 year high. Markets are doing well today, um, which is not what I would have predicted with the treasury yields. Crude oil is at $88 a barrel. Worthy of note because when it was at 80, things felt a little bit better. When it's at 90, things feel a little bit worse. When the 10-year treasury is at 3.9, it feels a little bit better than when it's at 4.2. And those little differences seem to be adding up in the direction of the markets. Um, I just saw, I want to see this real quick. Bitcoin, 19280 Hmm. Rolling your old 401k balance into an IRA, it can cost you. You have to be very careful how you handle money that you've accumulated in your life. For many employees leaving a new job, a financial advisor, a CFP will tell you, you know, roll it over to an uh, IRA. But what you have to be careful on is fees. Uh, when people ask me, where should I set up an account? I tend to say TD Ameritrade, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, because they're the people that have the lowest cost and lowest fees pretty much so across the board. And you don't have to think twice about it. And if I can get you as an investor not thinking twice, I've done something good. Next week, earnings season is going to continue and it shifts its focus to the big tech companies, Apple, Microsoft, Google. I was uh, I cut myself off on which one would I buy if I could only buy one. I said I'd buy a third of each, and then I changed it to actually maybe I'd be a half investment right now in Google and half an investment in Microsoft. Microsoft is and I didn't get it finished my thought and it killed me. So let's, let me finish my thought there. Google's got a cheap valuation, and I've never said that compared to the stock market. Google looks very attractive. I've never said that, and I own Google. Microsoft, you're not getting a cheap valuation. You're still getting a premium valuation compared to the market. So it can go lower. You're no longer paying a super premium for it. But Google came out and said, oh, we've got Google Word you can use online. Google Documents. We got Google Search. We got Storage online. We got Maps. It's all free. It's just going to be ad-supported. And we thought at one point in time, because you do like a PowerPoint with Google now for free, we thought that was going to put Microsoft 365's business out of business. It hasn't. And I'm on Microsoft 365, and I don't see myself ever leaving it in my lifetime. It's going to be one of those services that I pay for, I think, through my lifetime. And I have to have my kids turn it off for me when I die, or maybe when I'm 70 and I'm no longer reading emails, I'll just turn it off. But um, Wall Street likes subscriptions a lot. And 
if I had to buy those three stocks, the only one I'm excluding, and I own all three, is Apple. Because I do think that um, a recession might hurt Apple and their super premium valuation. Becomes a premium valuation, but not a value, like I'm saying about Google. Earlier in the show, I talked about how I'm going to start setting aside some money and some ideas for real estate. I'm going to be looking into markets in the next three to six months on markets that I might want to buy in a year, two years. I would like to buy in a recession. I would like to buy when I see attorneys calling on foreclosure protections. But we're not there yet. So if I can buy a house every major recession in my lifetime, I bet it's I bet it would be a really good business plan in hindsight. Anyhow, here's a story I don't get. And if you could explain this one to me, please drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Kevin Durant is buying a major league pickleball team. He's joining LeBron James, Drew Brees, Tom Brady as pickleball team owners. And is it really that great of a sport that we're going to watch it on ESPN? Because if it's not, I don't think people are going to go to the events. It's the Super Bowl of pickleball. I could be wrong. I, maybe we need more sports. I don't, I just don't feel like we do. But I've been wrong before. Walmart said that they're going to be opening on Thanksgiving. Nope. That's not what they said. What they said we're not going to be opening on Thanksgiving. And they went as far as to say something that's kind of peculiar. That's a thing of the past. In 2020 and 2021, they let employees spend Thanksgiving with their families and Employees are kind of demanding a little bit more out of their employers these days. Will that change? I bet it could. But um, I digress. Take a look at the markets. Uh, we're higher today. I'm fascinated by that because when I saw the futures this morning tied towards the 10-year treasury, I would, I would, if I were a betting man, I would have bet the market would uh, start off considerably lower. So the 10-year treasury is above 4.1% right now, sitting at 4.13. It's see, if we can work here, that's that's good work. It's it's bottoming kind of work, but it's not a bottom yet. Got to put the work in first. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up November 17th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Use code EVENT25. You don't have to pay as a radio listener. You can check out the event at my page, Rob Black Show, under events. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. You can sign up for my email list by going to Rob Black Show, and it's pretty obvious how to do that. Um, it's been a tough two years of getting new content to you, working with a new company to develop content that is compliance approved but also useful. Um, I got some pretty cool webinars that my company does for clients that I'm going to share with you uh, and just negotiating terms of that. And I also got some real life seminars coming and I'm very excited by that. It's been a long time um, getting out and meeting people. Big event coming up November 17th. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. Use code event25. Um, Figure it out. That's that's what I'm going to ask you to do. Figure it out. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. And we can really go into almost anything. 
company that I'm going to be paying attention to today is BlackRock. They report numbers. They're a very interesting company that is... I, I could find myself recommending BlackRock. Um, a snake was found on a plane that landed at New York Liberty International Airport yesterday. Um, snakes on a plane. I don't know how I feel about that. Right? Passengers on board a United Airlines plane were shocked to discover a surprise traveler and traveler slithering down in business class. Uh, it came from Florida. And it wasn't any big deal, but it does make you a little nervous, right? I'm not a nervous flyer. Uh, some other stories of note today. What do we want to head into? Lionel Messi wants to invest in startups. We're hearing more and more about professional athletes getting into investing. The soccer legend is spinning up an investment vehicle based in San Francisco that'll focus on sports media and tech companies. That feels a little bit frothy to me. Mama Mia. A judge ruled that pasta brand Barilla can face legal action for fashioning itself as Italy's number one brand of pasta, despite not actually being made in Italy. Next thing you're going to tell me is that Chef Boyardee isn't really Italian. There's a new trend, and this is this one kind of blew my mind. There's a tech CEO who kind of got people pissed off this week. He said, some of my engineers who are working from home are working at another company at the same time, and that's theft. There is a reason to get people back to work, because you can actually physically see them, and they can't do work for the competition. I never thought I would say that those words out of my, mind, my, my mouth. That's like, what is going on? John Mack, former CEO of Morgan Stanley, has a new memoir. And guess what he says? Life was pretty sweet. There's a guy in radio who didn't hire me that I follow him on Facebook. And uh, he's posting pictures of his great life. And I'm kind of laughing because he's quoting, life is pretty sweet. I hate it when couples post on Facebook about how great they love each other. Hate it, 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 hate it. I want to see the bad stuff. I don't want to read a memoir where you're an investment banker and you're saying life was great. I want to see books by people who are struggling. One of the weirder stories we did today is that pet shelters are starting to fill back up in large part because of landlords are saying, we want you to pay more fees to have a pet in the home. And people weren't expecting that. It, it kind of adds up. Um, when a landlord charges you an extra 60 bucks a month, that's an extra $700 a year. And your deposit goes from 300 bucks to 600 bucks, and you're now getting 4% interest rates on your money at a bank. That's a lot of money sitting in the landlord's pockets. I own a home in North Carolina where I legally have to give interest on any sort of deposit. I think that's a great law, but um, it turns into a bit of a nightmare banking in another state. You don't realize how difficult that is. It's one of the trickier things on owning rental real estate is understanding different markets have different laws. I started to read an 
interesting email yesterday from a young man who said, I want to be a millionaire so freaking bad. And what was interesting about it was, I think that's where I was when I was 18 to 25. I didn't want to work till the day I died. Now, I, I wouldn't mind working till the day I died. I don't want to work as much as I'm working now. But the email was from a 21-year-old who invests in budgets. And what's tricky is he, he invests in dividend growth stocks and he's investing in ETFs. He's doing a great job, to be quite honest. But his goal is, he, when you start saying the words so freaking bad, he's going to get into trouble. Best time to invest right now. Down markets are the best time to uh, for the rich to get richer, for the poor to become a player on the map. If you have access to capital, Jeff Bezos, CEO of Morgan Stanley, CEO of Goldman Sachs, all have said recessions coming in 2023. Now, it's not a self fulfilling prophecy, um, but. The trick is the Fed is raising interest rates at an aggressive level quickly right now, and it would be nice if they would pause so we could look around. How much is our homes going to fall? We know that they've fallen fast. Jeremy Siegel says home prices are set to suffer their second worst crash since World War II. How does that make you feel owning a home? You think central banks are going to keep interest rates higher for longer? His quote was, I think we're going to have the second biggest housing price decline since post-World War II over the next 12 months. And that's a very, very significant factor for wealth, for equity in the housing markets. Home prices will decline by as much as 15% as the Fed hikes send mortgage rates higher. So he's calling for 15%. He's a Wharton professor. He's won uh, awards for his thoughts on the economy. That's good enough for me to start with. The first hour of the show today, which I won't replay, I talked about buying a home in a year. I'm starting to get ready now for buying in a year for maybe a retirement home, maybe a rental. I'm not sure. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.